Hi, this is Mark. This is what happened last time. Brunar studied the scrolls from Cartalath and learned that Daladin's tower had stood upon one of five mystical locations, all tied to ley lines and corrupted by demonic bestial powers. In order to cure himself of his cat curse, Brunar must cleanse or destroy the other four sites. Meanwhile, the Mariner's Guild sent a trio of craftsmen to help repair Giovanni's ship, the Perennial of Soul. They turned out to be lycanthropic impostors. They transformed into monsters and ambushed the guys. They defeated the were-creatures and sailed west towards one of the mystical sites with a crew made up of a verminous ratfolk family that had been living in the belly of the ship. A month passed, and at the end of a long sea voyage, the POS finally lost its fight to remain seaworthy. It sank just as they reached the eastern shores of the western continent. Before them lies the Longquan jungle, home to the site they seek, a place called Calarain. You stand on the white sands of the shores of the continent of Farnum. In front of you, the Longquan jungle, wild and thick. Behind you, the last vestiges of the perennial of soul sink beneath the ocean, and a pool of tar swells from it. Little pieces of wood and a few rat children pop up, gasping. See? This is why you jump on the elf with the ring of water walking. Ah, I'm going to go help the little rascals. And Giovanni goes and helps the little rat kids. Okay. They're all helping each other. Before you know it, you've realized that you've counted more than 12. You don't know where these extra kids came from. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, looks like Filbert and Hazel were uh, pretty busy this last month. I'm pretty sure that's 28. You see Filbert and Hazel down the beach, and they're collecting pieces of wood and parts of the ship that are coming ashore. (laughs) <laughs> People after my own taste. Well, we made it. Uh, I would have liked to have still had a ship at this point, though. We'll figure something out. <sighs> okay, okay. There's lots of wood. So, it's been a month, and Runar's mind is racing about where the location of the thing to try to find this temple. Tonight we rest, right? And then tomorrow we start the journey? Well... I mean, is there any um, towns nearby, do you recall? Mm, Let me think, let me think. This is pretty wild jungle. There's a volcano in the distance, and that is something that sounds familiar from what you looked at. And what time of day is it? It's about 11 a.m. We got plenty of daylight. I mean, we got easily a solid four to five hours. You turn and Giovanni's drinking out of this flask. Yeah, four or five hours to get our campsite ready on the beach. Sounds good. You look over and Filbert and Hazel are already creating little huts out of the wood that they're pulling in. I look at Chuck. Don't you think we should go further inland? I mean, I'm basically already a cat at this point. We might consider sleeping off the beach just to get us further toward our destination. See, Chuck is the voice of reason here. We need to sleep off the beach to get closer to our destination. Giovanni, looking at you. I'm going to go uh, help them build up little shelters. I'll be back. Um, well, 
help Drek? Can you, like, um, I don't know, um, not kill him, but subdue him somehow with an arrow? Or, like, do you have, like, a net arrow? Maybe a punching glove arrow? <laughs> All of those sound like horrible arrows. Yeah, let me see if I can't corral our wayward sailor. I'll walk over to where they're working on building their shelters. Geo's already sitting down drinking and telling them what to do. There's a beach chair built under him somehow. <laughs> have a seat, have a seat. They'll make one in just a minute here. Um, the sooner we get this thing figured out for Runar, the sooner we can get back on the ocean. I suppose he's he's almost full cat now over there. He is, and I think he's getting a little agitated about that whole situation, so... He's been agitated since the day I met him. Well, yeah, but he's particularly agitated now that we're close to uh, one of these temples. Why don't we head inland for a bit and see if we can't find a decent clearing to set up camp? You look over at Ronar. He is playing the staff of bird calling. He's playing it like a flute. You can hear it call out. And then a seagull lands on the end of it. And he just grabs a seagull and he eats it. And just in a flurry of feathers flying everywhere. Oh, that's terrifying. <laughs> it's very terrifying. Look. And funny. Why? Well, I think he found himself an empty staff. Let's see if we can't cure him of this. All Let's right. head on in. Temple time? Yeah, temple time. I'll go ahead and start leading the way into the jungle. Vernars, jungle time. I'm <laughs> 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 oh, coming, coming, coming. I jog to catch up with him. Hey, that was a nifty trick back there. Yeah, I mean, imagine being able just to summon a bird whenever you'd like. Yeah, that's right. Ooh, hey, one second, and then Giovanni casts Speak with Animals. <laughs> All right, I'm ready to go. Druck make a survival. Survival? Yeah. Oh, that's not good. Uh, that's a one. <laughs> Druck, I thought you said we were going to go into the jungle. Uh, we're going to the beach. Why? Are we yeah, I just wanted to take a quick uh, last look at the sunset. And oh, the sunset. Oh. It's <laughs> noon. No, by the time this happens, it's sunset because he's been overthinking where to go into the jungle. <laughs> Hey, check it out. The tar started on fire. Huh. Oh, man. Oh, the great POS tar fire. <laughs> Tear. <sighs> you want to try this again? Uh, yeah, sure, sure. All right, let's go hey. ahead and go back in. Uh, 17. You find what is the closest thing to a game trail that you can. Okay. Not a lot of it comes out to the beach here. And start moving your way through. There are spots as you move where you need to get out a slashing weapon and clear a little bit of a path because the jungle is very dense. Hey, Runar, what are we looking for exactly? Um, Mitrox, the bowl. So it'd be a temple with a lot of bowl iconography. Drug, I think that cat thing's changing his brain. You think he'll be able to talk after, like, another month? I hope so. What are you talking about, Meow? <laughs> hey, do me a favor. Call down one of those birds again, and then I'll talk to him. I'm going to cast Speak with Animal again, because time's fast. 
Okay, I hold the staff up like a giant flute and blow on it. Big parrot comes down, lands on the staff. I try to eat it. <laughs> does an eight hit? It does not. It flies away. Parrot! Parrot swears here. a lot, and you understand it because of your spell. Boy, he's mad at you. Hey, no, come here, come back. I promise. I prom- Darn you. What are you talking about? Well, okay. Can we do this again? Sure. Okay, don't try to eat the bird this time. What are you talking about? You tried to eat the bird. Did you know you ate a bird back on the beach? I only ate part of the bird back on the beach. Thank you. Well, either way, if you eat part of it, it's not going to want to talk. Well, it won't be alive, but it's not really going to want to talk to us if you eat Well, if it, doesn't, it doesn't eat both legs. Can I just have like a little drumstick, a little drummy, if you will? Uh, okay, okay. Try this again. Hey, Druck, why don't you give him a hug right after he does this? Give him a nice big hug and hold on a bit. Uh, okay. Uh, grappling check? 15. I'll take a 17. <laughs> so he thinks he has you, but he really doesn't. I hold the staff up <laughs> like a flute and blow on it. This time it's a macaw. Blue with yellow trim. I dip, duck, and weave and dodge <laughs> and dodge a second time and I go for the bird. 25. <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> Oh. oh man! Oh. Oh. The cars taste so good too. Oh, I'll be back. <laughs> Gio walks off and throws up. <laughs> oh. Well, I guess we keep walking. Maybe you should just find one in the tree. Maybe a bear. You wouldn't eat a bear. Is there a bear in the jungle? The jungle bears? Oh, hey, no. Um. I had heard that uh, rumors of elephants in the jungle. Oh, okay. Here, hold on one second. <laughs> Giovanni makes a giant elephant noise. <laughs> and it sounds very accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Roll an elephant performance test. Elephant performance test. 19. Sounds pretty legit. <laughs> All right, well, hopefully an elephant comes along. Hopefully you didn't do a mating call. That would be awkward. Uh, that would be bad, yes. I'll just point to you and tell him that you said it. Roll your perception, Giovanni. Ten. You don't see anything coming, and then just as you are passing it, there's a big face sticking out of the foliage. It's about twice your size, looking down at you. It's some sort of ape with kind of a painted face and bluish black fur. Ah, uh, hello. Hello there. How goes it? Yeah, it goes well, thank you. <laughs> oh, good, good. Hey, uh, Mr. Monkey Man. I heard um, an elephant, and I was a little nervous, but you're not an elephant. Oh, yeah, I was just goofing around. Um, so, uh, I was wondering, have you by any chance heard of, uh, what's it called again, Runa? Have they been speaking in monkey this whole time? Yes. Yeah. Oh, uh, you can speak with that thing? Yeah, I'm talking to it right now, yes. Uh, what's the name we're looking for again? Metrox. Hey, uh, Mr. Monkey Man, do you know Metrox? Have you ever heard of Metrox before? How about a bull? Or a bull person, or a bull. Like a big cow thing with horns. 
Uh, there used to be bulls to the north of us. Oh, to the north. Okay, okay. What happened to them, do you know? I haven't gone north for a while. That direction, probably. Oh, okay. All right, great. That sounds good. They're not very nice. Oh, they're mean bulls, huh? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, well, sometimes bulls can be major bullies. Oh, thank you, Mr. Monkey Man. Cutty fruit. Hey, let me take a look. And he's looking around. Uh, I'm going to roll perception or survival. Do I see any fruit? I roll the two. <laughs> Plus like three or something. You do actually find a peach that's about a month and a half old. He picks up the rotten peach and he says, here you go, buddy. Thank you very much. He <laughs> throws it to him. And as he tries to catch it, it splatters because it's so mushy. <laughs> do you think he would like a bird? Hey, monkey man, do you eat birds? Uh, I don't think you eat birds, do you? I, I mean, I'll eat whatever I can eat, really. I don't know. Really? You I want like fruit a lot. Yeah, fruit. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Ah. Uh, no, no on the birds. No on the birds. Monkeys don't eat birds. Hey, thank you very much, monkey man. No problem. I mean, whatever, regardless of what you heard, we just need to eat here in the jungle. You know, it's not all fun and games. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's all about survival. That's right. Fruit and living, you know. Thanks again. If I find fruit, I'll make sure I take some of it and hold it for you and give it back to you later. Okay, thanks. And he wipes his face from all the peach juice. <laughs> Ah, good, he liked it. Runeyer was worried he was going to rip my head off. <laughs> Looked out there. That's all I can find. And there's fruit all over. <laughs> he didn't look up. <laughs> north? To the north. Which was north? I can't see the sky from here. Oh, it's that way. How do you know? I don't know. Minotaur volcano seems pretty logical to me. Does it? Also, who said a minotaur? It's a bold man. There's probably a maze. Could be a maze. Yeah, Could that's hard like maze. mazes. I have no idea why. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, do you actually know anything about Metrox? Uh, well, I know a tiny bit. I know it's like big demon thing, which mm. I'm just kind of assuming it's a bowl. Mm-hmm, 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 Maybe because mm-hmm. it sounds fun. Well, they do describe it as bowl-like. Um, well, that too. <laughs> that helps. <laughs> Can we just go north, please? <laughs> For goodness sakes. Mm. I'm going to go north. I follow Jack, <laughs> staring at Giovanni the whole time. So you come across the thicket, you're trying to go north, and there really isn't a lot of pathway going that way. Druck is putting everything into it with his rapier to try to swipe at these vines and leaves, and it's just not working. And so Giovanni gets out his sword, and he tries the same, and they're just not good weapons to clear brush. All right, let me look through my vest, see if I got a machete or something. Oh, wait, I think I gave it to one of the rat kids. Oh, Let me keep looking, though. I'll find something. Wait, you gave a kid a sword? Uh, well, a machete. <laughs> oh, that much. Okay. Don't worry, it was the girl who puts everything in her mouth. I just kind of, like, look at the problem with the brush. Why don't we just go through the trees? Climb and swing through the trees like monkeys? Well, I mean, I'd go like a cat, but, I mean, I'm, I get, you're a goat. Why not? Jarak, how good are you at jumping and climbing and swinging on ropes? I'm decent at climbing. I don't know how I am about jumping, but we can give it a shot. <laughs> so I go to the nearest tree, climb up it, and then try to jump to the next tree, and then scuttle around it, and then keep going like that for a little bit. I think we're going to lose our cat. This is going to get exhausting real quick. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Here, let me try to bite through this vine. <laughs> so I just see them still stuck in the same brush. Yes, and the vine that Giovanni chose was a rubber vine. It's like gum. He just keeps chewing and chewing, and he can't stop. <laughs> you guys can't really climb like this? I mean... Uh, no, we're not cats. Ah, fine. I come back. I just take a casual swipe at the vine. Oh, hey, there you go. Cut right through. Yeah, it turns out claws are very handy. 
Hmm. Who knew? Well, one guy I knew, his name was Wolverine. He had some really nice claws. He was showing me that one time, but... Don't you mean Wolverine? No, that's his brother. Oh, anyway, I slash a few plants. Is this good enough for you? Or, I mean, this is... Ah, I'd rather just be in the trees. Well, do you want to get rid of your curse? Fine, I'll cut a path for you. Thank you. Okay. He's doing quite a good job. He is. Yeah. Three days go by. Oh, God. (laughs) Deeper and deeper into the jungle. You can't decide whether the volcano is actually getting closer or not, but it must be because you've been working towards it. Everybody roll perception. 19. 13. Uh, 9. Runar, as you're swiping, you notice that there's a little figure in a tree above you with a spear. Short of stature, light-framed, painted face, wearing really just a loincloth, and spear pointed down. Is it a halfling? Fine. Yes, you think it's probably a halfling. In my best common. Hello there. Uh, excuse me. Uh, we're looking for the uh, Temple of Metrox. Have you seen it? Are we going in the right direction? Like, who are you talking to? Oh, oh hey. That little fellow right there. The little tiny guy. Yep. He goes, oh, no. And he darts behind the tree, climbs around it to try to put the tree between you and him. I climb up the tree <laughs> to try to catch him. Ah, we come in peace. That's okay. I just have some queries. Uh, we are travelers looking for a temple. Uh, hopefully you've seen it. Hello. Can you please stop? Can you like, hold ah! As this cat chases him up the tree. Panther! Panther! I am brown and gray. Panthers are typically black. Around you, down on the ground, more come out with spears in hand. Small, statured, faces painted, loincloths, spears in hand. Hold up, back up! And they all just start trying to show you that there's many of them, and they want you to surrender your weapons. Geo puts his hands up. Oh, come on now, people, come on now. We just come in peace, we're just walking through. You talk of Metrox! Well, yes, we're trying to find Metrox. We want to get rid of Metrox. Do you like Metrox? No! Yeah. Ah! Yeah, we are going to get rid of Metrox. Like, bye-bye Metrox. Roll your persuasion. 22. He's got blue face paint. And he turns to the rest and he says, Lower your spears. Thank you. Thank you. You aren't here to help the horned ones? No, we are here to get rid of the horned ones. Make them go away. Well, I mean, more accurately, we're here to blow up their idol. Which probably would disperse them, I suppose. But I can't promise that. Do you know where the horned ones are? Yes. That's good. That's good. You can lead us there. Uh, hey, about how many horned ones are there? We don't know exactly. They just... They've taken our parents. Ah. Um, that's rough, buddy. Hey, um, so, uh, just a query. Do they taste like chicken? Our parents? No, no, the horned ones. The horned ones. <laughs> oh, Runar. Jesus, Gaffa. Well, maybe the parents, too, depending on how big they are. Druck, I'm starting to worry even more. (laughs) Yeah. Cannibal cat, not good. Am I really a cannibal if it's a different species? Yes. Come Hmm. with us. We'll talk to Otho. Excellent. Hey, sounds good. I can't wait to meet Otho. Hands off weapons. Hey, no weapons here. Nope, nope. I got lots of new shinies, though, see? And he holds up his arms, and there's just different earrings and bracelets all over. I was like, oh, I like this one. <laughs> oh, me too. Hey. Oh, I got to keep it, though. Get your hands off. So they walk you down a path that you didn't know was there. 
they all speak common. As you're walking along, you start to realize, especially when one of them starts pushing at the other one and they end up wrestling on the side of the path, these are kids. They are halflings, but every one of them is a halfling child. Yeah. You know, this kind of reminds me of a book I once read called Lord of the Lies or something like that. Have you ever read that book, Runar? It's quite good. Lord of the Lies? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Lots of little children on an island. Nothing bad happens, though. Nothing bad happens. Yeah. That just... <laughs> well, I don't think, anyway. I don't remember. It does not sound like a recipe for success. Ah, okay. Well, I guess we're here to save their parents, though. Yeah. And get rid of the horned ones. Mm-hmm. How big you think these are? I'm a little worried. <laughs> don't let them know, though. The horned ones? Hopefully they're the size of a whole cow. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would... Yeah, that's a little big. Yeah. And hopefully they taste like chicken. <laughs> oh, that would be interesting. Yeah. Hmm. All right, kiddos. Where are the cow people? They bring you into a clearing that has a small village. The huts are all tiny. They would be uncomfortable for you. And again, nothing but kids here. Once you get into the village, they range from four or five, but the oldest one that you see is probably 14 years old. They turn to him and they say, Otho, we've brought some prisoners, which is kind of funny because they really never took a prisoner. Everybody comes out, all the huts empty, and there are probably 60 kids. Holy moly. All standing around you. Your parents are busy. These are definitely kids of the jungle. Tribal halflings of some sort. And the one that they call Otho says, What are you doing here in our jungle? Uh, This is quite simple. We came here to wreck a temple to Metrox. So I understand that your parents have been captured, but uh, where are your parents? They've all been taken by the Horned Ones. Right. Where did the Horned Ones take them? The Metrox, I guess. Great. Do you know where that is? Maybe. So it would be useful if you maybe led us to that, and then we could blow up the idol or destroy it somehow, and then uh, maybe, you know, maybe you could uh, stage a jailbreak for your parents. Aren't you excited to see your parents again? Or is this power getting to your head, Otho? I mean, let's be honest, come on. I mean, he does have a big head. Hey! Oh, that's okay, I got a big head too, see? He points at his feet, and they're very furry. Look, mine are furry too. Says we can take you to the entrance. Okay. We're not going in there. Why not? Because nobody comes out. So what's in there? We don't know. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Hey, you guys have any drinks around here? Jeez. Do your parents have any liquids that you weren't allowed to drink that you haven't consumed yet? Because I'm assuming you would have consumed it. Oh, no, we drank all that. Ah, Dang it. That was a good night. (laughs) I think it's funny, but it's also, I think, wrong at the same time. (laughs) So I do have a small small question. How far is this place? We can get there in a few hours. Excellent. Oh, fine. Hey, what do you got to eat around here? I'm sure I can get a bird. Oh, let me make sure my trick is off when you do that, because, oh my goodness, I'm going to have nightmares tonight. We do have some chicken. Oh, nice. Mm. You know, that just doesn't sound very good right now. Is it still feathered? Is it still alive? Can I chase it around first? No, I mean, we're going to cook it. How about fish? You got any fish? How big is the chicken? There's a lot of people here. Oh, you haven't seen our chicken. (laughs) Suddenly, I'm very worried. (laughs) 
Hey, Druck, how are we going to get to sleep with 60 kids around? I'm just saying, you ever, you ever been around 60 kids? That's a problem for you. I'll be able to rest just fine. Ah, okay, well, I'm out of drink, so, you know, I would say I just drink till I pass out, but can't do that. Oh, I could get them to use up all their energy. That's a very good idea. He gets his loot out. Hey, by the way, I, we're going to have song and dance tonight, okay? And we're going to have a contest to see who can dance the longest. Hey! <laughs> I knew it. I knew they'd be excited. All right, I... but you have to keep dancing. I mean, you cannot stop or you lose. Dance off! Dance off time! <laughs> he goes over by their fire and starts playing, and he gives Druck a big wink. So you have to pair up. Two people have to hold hands while you're dancing. You have to do this. And if you let go, you're out. A few of them punch each other before you know it. <laughs> Ah, this could be kind of entertaining tonight. He starts singing about a cat defeating a crocodile. He starts off with that one. They're like, hey, cat beating crocodile! Yeah. Didn't happen. Don't believe him. <laughs> He's going to lay into all the animal songs tonight. Cat crocodile! Cat crocodile! <laughs> hey, uh, let me tell you about a floppy shark. Wait till that one. Floppy shark? It's the best. Wait, what's a shark? Oh, you don't know what a shark is? Oh, oh my goodness. Uh, I don't want to give you nightmares, but... It's uh, a 12-foot fish that'll eat you in one snap. Ah! Hundreds of teeth in several rows. Ah! Very scary. Ah! But don't worry, they can't come onto land. Oh, well, Ed. we're far away from the ocean. Yeah, that's right. Wait, yeah. rivers? Uh, no, no, don't worry about it. It's fine. Oh. They bring out a couple of giant chickens that are probably four times the size of a turkey. Big old things. Ooh, that like, looks... They're bigger than the halflings. Well, that looks delicious. What do you call these chickens? I just told you, we call them chickens. Yeah, that was a dumb question. I, I just realized after I said it. <laughs> I think we should just call them dinner and not worry about it. Uh, it sounds good to me. Call a drumstick. I call a drumstick as well. Oh, we're going to have an eat off. I got to keep these kids busy. I got to keep them moving. I want them to fall asleep tonight. So I get sleep. I think you're done for. That goes on. Everybody's well fed. The kids are actually very excited to have extra people here. Okay. Being alone, they have been kind of scared of everything around them. Otho is their safety net, but having some adults seems to make a big difference for these kids. They all want to spend some time with you and have you tell them tales and just anything to get your attention. And a lot of them are very obnoxious. Can I roll my insight to see if they are planning anything, if anything seems suspicious? You may. 23. You think that these are kids that have been left on their own, and they're telling the truth. Oh, okay. So when he is singing to them and they're dancing, and when one of them like gets out of the contest, he tells them, well, I'll give you another chance. So they just keep joining <laughs> the dancing contest Yay! over and over again. Hey, are any of you named Rufio by chance? Before you know it, they are all passed out, sleeping in all their little huts and around the fire. Runar, by this point, has climbed up to a tree, and all as you can see are his yellow eyes reflecting in the firelight, glaring at Giovanni, mostly. Druk, I really think he's going to eat me. <laughs> it's a distinct possibility. <laughs> and, and we're helping him. I'm kind of second-guessing this helping thing. Well, the sooner we get him back to his original form, the sooner we can keep him from eating one of us. Okay, that's a good point, that's a good point. Should probably get some rest. It's going to be an early day tomorrow. All right. Good night, Druck. Good night, scary Brunar cat. Meow. Sometime in the middle of the night, Runar comes scurrying down the tree, as a cat does. 
going backwards, dropping a few feet at a time. Comes around, walking on fours, prowls into uh, wherever Giovanni is, kind of circles around a couple times, needs a little bit, and then eventually curls up in a ball on his face. <laughs> the morning comes. <laughs> Oh, um, Runa, what are you going to sleep on my face for? Quit moving, pillow. <laughs> you are pretty soft these days. Don't touch me. <laughs> wait, wait. Uh, you're touching me. I smack him. Ow. Hey, what do you think? Another half an hour? What? No. We must go. Feed ah. me. I mean, uh, <laughs> I pull out the staff of bird calling. Uh, uh, let me. Okay, I'm up. I'm up. I got to walk away. I'll be back. Hold it up like a flute. Uh, kids, don't go that way. Kids, this way. Kids, this way. <laughs> uh, a blow on it, and it goes. And a bird lands on it. <laughs> and a 23. That bird is toast. <laughs> Comes out, feathers sticking out of his mouth. <sighs> yeah, um, yes, this stuff is very handy. <laughs> um, it, it is. I would agree. Now we need one that calls fish. That would be kind of nice. Why? Birds for days. You, I was even calling in birds on the open sea. It was wonderful. Wait, I have an idea. Wouldn't it be nice if you had some type of pole that could lure fish towards it, and then you could get them? That'd be awesome. <laughs> hey, are the kids up? Oh, yeah. They're all getting up. Hey, also, um, after breakfast here, can you bring us to the Metrox? Yes, more chicken. Oh, do you want me to call a bird? Tell them no. Tell them no. <laughs> Uh, no? Truck. One of the little halfling kids comes up to you. He's probably six years old. Okay. And he's holding the hand of a smaller kid that is probably four. They all have face paint on, so it's very hard to tell which one's which. You haven't been able to distinguish these kids very well. And he looks up at you and he says, This is Farinbras. He has dreams. And he wanted me to tell you and you look down at Farron Bross and he's shy, not making eye contact. Right. That Metrox can only be taken down with divine power. I don't really know what that means, but that's what he told me. And they scurry off. I'll relay that to uh, Giovanni and Runar. One of the kids says that Metrox can only be taken down with divine power. Wait, I'm still trying to figure out, was it the kid that's got his finger in his nose or the one that's poking his friend in the face with the stick? No, it's the uh, four-year-old that's currently throwing rocks at the chicken. (laughs) I know, that's a caged chicken, too. That's not a very nice (laughs) four-year-old. I question the child's upbringing. (laughs) Well, maybe it was the alcohol his parents gave him. Absentee parenting style here. That could be, you know, people without parents, you know, sometimes they have it a little bit rough on the behavior side of things. Yeah, I don't know anybody here that doesn't have any parents. And I slowly look at Giovanni. Yeah, I don't know either. Wait, it doesn't, what, what? Is that your bow, Define? Kind of. There you go, good enough. Also, we don't necessarily have to fight Metrox himself. We just need to blow up the temple. Anybody got explosives? And I slowly look at Giovanni. Well, divine power. Hey, yeah, your bow, right? Bow? Weird sword? Uh, is the weird sword divine? Is this divine enough? I don't know. Magical, divine, same thing? Mm, not exactly. Of course, we're taking tactical advice from a four-year-old, so... <laughs> yeah, good point. I say we go and figure it out. 
Maybe if there's like a statue, like the dragon thing, we can just destroy it and we'll be good. Yeah. Oh. So back about the explosive and then Runar slowly looks at Giovanni. Did you happen to pocket any explosives? I mean, I know you like to pocket all manner of things. You know, maybe some cannon powder just in case. Got some oil and stuff, but nothing really explosive I need to get to the goblin town again. You didn't pick any up Anubis then? I did not pick any up in Uvastan. I mean, we definitely blew up that house. (laughs) I know, but we should have bought more is what we should have done. You know, I used everything on the house in Uvastan. I can't believe that guy paid us to do that, too. Hey, Truck, did you ever ask the guy why we blew up that house? I mean, at least no one was in it. Uh, I didn't have a chance to ask him about that. I was hoping that you were going to ask him. I forgot. I was too busy laughing with him. (laughs) It was pretty funny. It, It was fun. I don't know that we've got any explosives, but... How about a shatter spell? Nice fully look at Giovanni. Do you have a shatter spell? I do not. You don't have fireball, do you? No, that doesn't nope. seem likely. Nope. No. Mm. Thunderwave? Nope. 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 Okay. Dispel? Nope. Disintegrate? Nope. Nope. I mean, remember, I can talk to just about anyone and understand anyone, even animals. Yeah, I, I can yeah. do that. I did say I wanted this blown up, right? Raindrock, I, I was clear about that. You were clear about that. He scratches his cat-like nose. We'll figure it out. Otho! Otho! What? Do you have any of that, like, black powdery stuff that goes boom-boom when fire touches it? Like this stuff? He takes a handful of ash from the <laughs> fire. This? Rubs it on his face. Um, Otho, I have a question for you. Have you seen a thing that's called a cannon? He just points at you. Yeah? I know what that is. I roll insight on him. (laughs) (laughs) I got a 10. (laughs) You don't think he really knows what that is. Uh, Do you have anything that you can set on fire and it makes a big boom boom explosion? All of the kids just look at you like you're an alien. Yeah, okay. They don't. They don't. Hmm. We'll figure it out when we get Hmm. there. Um, why don't we go find the temple and see if we can't figure it out while we're there. To Metrox! To Metrox! <laughs> to Metrox? Three hours later, you're in the brush. The volcano looms above you, and Otho, who's been leading the group in his gangly 14-year-old self, says, it's right through there. And every one of these kids, the... 20 that are with you are visibly shaken by the sight of a doorway that seems to be built into foliage. Druck, you 100% recognize what this is made of. It's razor vine. It's very common where you come from. It's this thorny, sharp-leafed hedge work that grows naturally. In some cases, people grow it for security. Right. It's creating this archway in which you walk into a tunnel created by Razor Vine. No door? Open tunnel? Just an open tunnel in the middle of the jungle. Well, at least we don't have to stand outside a door and try to figure out the riddle for a while. Remember that time in Uberstan when that <laughs> squid thing came out and attacked us? Oh, yeah. That was after you stole that ring from that old guy at his birthday party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. He was mad that day. Whew, it's I, crazy. And then we I mean, lost I, our horse. I oh, felt Bill. bad for, uh, what was his name, uh, Will? Bill? But uh, the answer to that door was so easy. We were spacing off that day, you know? Speaking of Ubastan, we don't want another incident on a bridge. Yeah, we'll just tell the kids to stay there and we'll 
Be right back. Or, you know, scurry home. That would leave us in a bad spot. But, you know, you'll be much better off. You really don't want to be a whale. They all start running away. Let's see if we can't figure this out. I'll go ahead and start heading through the tunnel. Stealthfully. 28. Very stealthy. Everybody else roll your stealth. I will cast Pass Without a Trace. So everybody gets a plus 10. 25. Oh, 38. I got a 34. All right. You are very stealthy stepping into the Razor Vine. It's dark in here. If you don't have dark vision, it's going to become a problem for you. Giovanni stops for a second and taps Runar on the shoulder and then swipes across his eyes, makes Runar invisible, and then also makes himself invisible. All of this talk about mazes starts to spark everyone's memory as the hedge seems to move back and forth. But before you know it, you realize that there's really nowhere to veer off from. It's just a big winding tunnel. And before long, you are reminded of the fact that this is Metrox. It's called Metrox the Savage, according to the text that Runar has read. As you start to find gore, bodies all along the walkway. Mostly humans, elves, Haumau, bird people, and lizard men. A lot of this looks fresh. Unnaturally fresh. Oh. In the sense that like these bodies aren't decomposing. Oh my lord. <laughs> Many of them are missing heads. Most of them look like they were killed in battle along this hallway. Are they still wearing their armor and have their weapons and everything? It looks like they might have been looted to a certain degree, but you certainly could look further. That's okay. How big is this tunnel? Big enough for the three of you to walk abreast. Are there any scratchy horn marks on the top of the tunnel wall, like the ceiling? It's pretty hard to say because of the foliage. It's leaves oh, okay. and okay. that kind of stuff. I'll make an investigation roll to see if anything stands out to me. I rolled an 11. You feel like you see some, some maybe some stab marks in some of the bodies that could be horns. Hmm. Very curious. Good thing uh, it won't have a lot of room to maneuver in here. You hear something coming down the tunnel. There's a few bodies laying next to you. Does it sound like it's moving fast? Uh, kind of clumping down the, st- down the tunnel. Something's coming your way, walking your way, not trying to be stealthy. I'm going to go ahead and lay down and cover myself up with one of the bodies. Okay. Geo's going to try to get as close to the wall as possible and not move. Staying invisible. Runar is just going to weirdly stand in the middle of the thing. I wait for it to get within about 30 feet of me. Right. And I am invisible. Down the tunnel come two Minotaur. Bull-like figures. They are figures from mythology that you've heard before, but these seem more demonic than you would have expected. Red-furred, blood-spattered, black-horned, and just evil. And they have large axes over their shoulders, and they're filling the tunnel as they walk through. They're just casually walking. They're just casually walking towards the exit. When they are in about 30 feet in front of me, I do the shadow step and teleport 30 feet behind them. They come through, don't pay much attention to the bodies around them. Druck, you can feel the ground as you're laying there, and they just go by. You can smell the barnyard smell of them. 
once they're kind of around the bend, I'll go ahead and stand back up and keep making my way towards the end of the tunnel. Geo gets close to Druck and just quickly says, Hey, hey, Runar, Runar and I are invisible. Just an FYI. Just an FYI. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> those, those two are kind of scary looking. Yeah, I'm glad we didn't need to initiate anything at the moment. Yeah, I don't want to fight these, no. No, I want to try and make this as quick and quiet as possible. I agree, I agree. Okay. You actually can taste something in your mouth just from them going by, and it's like this weird mix of barnyard and brimstone. Do you you taste the barnyard and brimstone in your mouth? (laughs) I kind of do. It's kind of gross, but kind of good at the same time. It's very confusing. It's it's a confusing odor taste. It's kind of like ambergris, you know? It's it's weird. Gross and good all at the same time. Yep. (laughs) It it reminds me of eating uh, eggs on my uncle's farm. You know, like you just go out and you're eating an egg. Hey, shh, shh, shh. Quiet. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to keep making my way towards the end of the tunnel. After about an hour in the tunnel... Oh my goodness, okay. You see a figure. You pause for a moment, and then realize that it's a statue. Ooh. It's a statue of a horned figure. Not that unlike what you just saw walking down the tunnel, but he seems more ominous, more demonic, sort of hateful-looking horned figure. But it's standing in the middle of the passage. Is it made out of the same stone that the dragon statue was made out of by chance? Make an investigation check. 16. This seems to be volcanic glass once you get close, and that is not similar to what the shrine was on Cardalath. You know where it would be really useful right now? A shatter spell. It's the kind of thing where you can break off pieces of it. Is there an area at the base of the statue that I could jam a pole and get some leverage and knock it over? Hey, give it a try. Hey, Truck and Runa, I think I could get a pole underneath this and potentially we can knock it over. I don't know if that would break it. It's worth a shot. I mean, it's going to make some noise. I hold up the staff of bird calling them. Well, I mean, this is magical. It should be somewhat robust. As you investigate, you see that behind you is largely natural. It's jungle. At the base of the statue, there's actually a solid piece of what's probably granite, like it's mounted on a piece of stone. And then past that, it becomes stonework. This could be the entrance to whatever temple you're looking for. Oh, 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 maybe maybe this isn't it. Yeah, I don't know that this is going to... I mean, okay. they probably wouldn't like it, but... Yeah, no, this isn't the big magic thing to grow. Okay, all right, I guess, let's keep going. Let's keep all right, going. Let's, yeah. Is it like all carved stonework once we get past this statue? We'll just keep heading further in. Sounds good. And, and Runar, you got to keep it down. <laughs> huh? What? Shh. 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 <laughs> as soon as the last of you steps past that big piece of granite, the base for the statue... It falls away from you, and the piece of granite shifts up and creates a wall behind you. Maze. Maze. Hey, called it. (laughs) Just saying. You find yourself in a room that is roughly 100 by 80 feet. Magical lighting come up from the top of the room, and you see that it's just a giant stone arena 
there are holes about the size of a human head on either side of the arena. And a window opens up on one side. And you can see from the light that it's a little goblin face. And he says, And we have contestants for entry to the Temple of Metrox. Choose your equipment. And on one side of the room, there is a weapon rack. And there are a bunch of flat-edged clubs sitting in the rack. Does the goblin seem to be paying attention to Runar or I? Even You're not or sure. I'm... He's just sort of announcing from his window. I will pull my bow out. And since he seems awfully big on theatrics, I will also pull out a roll of parchment unfurl it majestically and read off a version of the spell long strider just so that i can have that going before any sort of combat i'm ready to go sir whenever you are i'm gonna go ahead and move over to the other side of the room and gonna go ahead and activate my hunter shark goggles and hunters mark him the goblin okay yeah and i'm gonna take a shot at him all right 25. All right. Take a shot. Arrow comes through and hits some sort of magical force field. And he goes, oh, we got a wild one here. Oh, delightful. I pull out a little brooch that looks like a dial. I turn the gear on it clockwise. I'll just be just a little bit quicker today. I scurry over to the side opposite of Drek, near where the goblin is. I get real close to where the slit is and then shout at the goblin. So, what is the contest? Best out of three, get the ball in the hole. On the other side, you see three Minotaur come out. Um, And what are the rules? You are only to use sanctioned equipment. We will give you a ball to put into holes on opposite ends of the room. Where's the ball? It'll be here when we're ready. Best out of three wins the game and moves on to the temple. That is where you're headed, correct? Does seem to coincide with our plans. Winning team moves on. Best out of three. And we can use these whack paddles to hit the minotaurs. (laughs) If the other team is disabled, all the better for you. Oh, I don't think I know how to use a club. Hypothetically, if somebody was to, I don't know, pull out a, you know, a staff of bird calling and then use it instead of a whack paddle, what would happen to the person? That would be bad for you. Disintegration, uh, mutilation, mutation, maybe like a stitch in the side. She will not leave this room. Oh, what happens if we lose? If you want to move on to the temple, you win this game. Otherwise, you will stay here forever. Go ahead and roll initiative. I got a 20. I got a 5. I got an 11. Three minotaurs grab their paddles and stand there ready to roll. Seemingly out of nowhere, a human head drops to the ground in the center of the field. Giovanni. Giovanni appears and goes, okay, time to play some ball. And he starts running towards the head 
and then as he is running, he's going to cast Minor Illusion and put another head right next to it. Does anything happen to me? Nope. That's good to know. Alright, second head shows up. Giovanni's not quite to the heads, but he is about a little more than halfway there. Runar, your turn. I am going to use feline agility to double my speed for one round. Okay. And I am going to go a hundred feet. Runar sees the head and he does butt wiggles and then takes off like a shot using his feline agility. He runs by, he scoops the head up with his claws latching in, tearing at the flesh of the head and just dashes the rest of the way of the hole and just forcibly shoves it in. I, I, I do believe that is uh, one for the uh, visiting team. Oh! And all three of the Minotaur are like... The Minotaurs all run forward towards the center of the field. As the center Minotaur hits the center, another head drops. And he grabs it as if he knew how the rules work. He's got this elven head in his hands, and he throws it up into the air and uses his big paddle, double hands it, gives it a crack, shooting towards the hole. It splats into the wall next to it and bounces a couple of times. So all three minotaurs are pretty close to the center of the field, and the head is laying next to one wall, not really near anyone. turn. I'll go ahead and make a run past Giovanni, between Giovanni and the Minotaurs to the head, and bonus action, dash, grab the head and stuff it in the hole. Alright, as you pass, you do come within melee range of one of the Minotaurs. Oh! It turns with its paddle and just two-handed swings this flattened wooden paddle your direction, and does catch you for 10 points of bludgeoning damage. But you continue to move, grab the head, run up to the hole. As you stick it into the hole, the blood just sort of sprays back on you. We've got some winners! The beauty of this is that the winners get to be the sacrifices for Metrox, while the losers die here. Darts come out, shoot into the different Minotaur. They all let out a big as they are murdered from holes in the walls, and they're laying bloody in front of you. Wait, we're getting sacrificed? Congratulations! Thanks. Damned if you do, damned if you don't, I guess. (laughs) Feels like we got out of the frying pan and jumped into the fire. Hey, that reminds me of this book I read once. It was called The Lobbit. The Lobbit. Yeah. Oh, never mind. Let's focus on getting sacrificed. Alright, carry on. Door opens up and the wall starts moving your direction. Basically, the room starts shrinking on you and you've got one exit. So we run towards the door. As the wall moves your direction, you siphon through this doorway into a darkened room. In the room, there's a bloody altar. The whole room is just spattered with darkened, dried blood. And beyond it is a being, the likes of which you've never seen. There are a couple of Minotaur in the room, on the far corners, away from you. 
but the being is a winged figure in armor with light coming through the seams of the armor. At the top of his head, he has horns, but they're horns of a helmet. You can see hinges on one side, and it's made of uh, blackened metal. And he looks at all of you. He says something in a language that you don't understand, but it seems very commanding. And the Minotaurs hold up their axes and smile on their bull faces and gesture towards the altar. Ah, well, are you two ready to get sacrificed? Well, this does certainly seem like quite the pickle. Yeah, I thought we were supposed to get uncursed. Now look what's happening. Well, this isn't exactly cursed. This is just like more like a, you know, a deeply disturbing situation that possibly has no outcome. It's no seemingly good outcome. Everybody roll their perception. 14. 17. 15. Do you notice at the base of his helm, there's a little bit of dark, what looks like blood coming down from the helm. Almost as though it's been attached to his head. It's torturing him in some way. And there's something in his eyes that make you think that there's something wrong here. <laughs> Do you think so? <laughs> Runa, there's a voice in my head telling me that there's something wrong here. I, I don't know. I can't uh, put my finger on it. Uh, I, I can put my finger on it. We're about to be sacrificed. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's, that's right. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Uh, anything else, like, odd, unusual that you would like to perhaps point out to, you know, another individual? I don't know. There's, like, blood coming out of his neck. It doesn't look very happy. Roll your insight with advantage. Ooh. Because of your help from Geo here. (laughs) Good thing I had advantage. (laughs) Yes. 18. This figure does not look like Metrox. This is a being that seems more celestial to you. Mm -hmm. You notice the wings are feathered and angelic. And there's something about the helmet where it seems like it's clamped onto the head of this figure and it is creating some sort of confliction for it. Ah. Hey, Giovanni's going to use universal speech and say, hey, excuse me, Mr. Demon Thing. Are you not very happy? Did you need some help? You kind of look like you're in pain. Is it the helmet? It doesn't say anything. Again, roll your insight, Geo. 22. It clearly wants to say something to you, and it is unable. Here, put your head down. I'll take the helmet off. It reaches for you like it's going to attack you. I back up. Well, my darling wife always says, fortune favors the bold, and I should go on a trip. I have every intention to see her again. So there's only one logical conclusion I can do here, and I dash forward and try to spin past him and try to get to the back of it to try to maybe unclamp the head clamp. Go ahead and make an athletics check. That'll be an 18. So everybody sees the cat climb up the figure and start pulling at the helmet with the horns. He's just not quite able to get it off of there. Everybody roll initiative. 14. 19. 15. The Metrox figure reaches up, tries to get the cat off his head, and fails. Just clawing at itself, trying to get this off. Drock, it's your turn. Bonus action, Hunter's Mark, and take a shot. 18 to hit. That'll hit, yep. Nine points of damage. And I'm going to move as far back to the back wall as possible. Okay. Arrow catches him right in the meat of his arm. Runar, it's your turn. 
I would like to, as he's trying to grab for me, see if I can trick him into grabbing the helm himself and pulling on it. Okay. <laughs> like position myself in front of it and then like duck out of the way as he okay. comes in. Make a dex check. 17. <laughs> so you kind of lay there, clamp yourself onto the head, put yourself in a certain spot, put your claw right in his temple so that he knows right where you are and he reaches down and just rips it off of his own head. <laughs> the helmet goes flying and the flash of this figure, which had been sort of muted, almost like a black light, suddenly just flares up. Radiant light fills the room. This is very clearly this angelic figure. Blood just pours down his face and he just screams, almost like a relief. <laughs> He looks at everyone in this sort of frenzied stare, like he can't quite tell what he's seeing. He doesn't know who's friend or foe. Giovanni's turn. Okay, using universal speech, Giovanni's gonna say, Hey, hey, we're here to help you, we're here to help you. It's okay. Are you okay? (laughs) (laughs) Giovanni, make a persuasion check. 21. He lets out this air and it's like music. Oh. You have very nice air sounds. <laughs> and he looks at everyone, and he starts to speak it. Again, it's music coming out of his mouth. Looks around, focuses himself, looks at Giovanni, looks at Runar, looks at Druk, and then takes another breath, and then Elvin says, Where am I? You're in the temple to Metrox? Metrox! The savage? Yeah, the very same. Who put me here? Uh, those gentlemen. (laughs) Yeah. He turns around, looks at the Minotaur behind him. Radiant energy bursts from his eyeballs. And he just cuts them in half. Hey, that was pretty cool. (laughs) You hear Giovanni talk, but it's just music. I'm still, like, on his back, like, by the collar. <laughs> is there a cat on me? <laughs> yeah, but it's a good cat. It's a good cat. If there is such a thing. I helped you free yourself from your prison, and uh, I'm very afraid to uh, face you directly at the moment. Is this a temple to Metrox? That is what we were informed of when we uh, we came here, yes. Can you destroy this temple of Metrox? That's the question. Let's get rid of this place. He puts his hand on the altar in front of him, and light just bursts from his hand. And the whole thing just melts before you. Since I freed you, uh, may I ask one favor of you? You just get this blank stare. See, there's this nearby village of halflings, and their children, and their parents may have come here. So, I don't know, maybe can you, like... Bring them back, restore them? Yeah. Relife them? Give them a second chance, a second life? Preferably as halflings, I mean that. That is a very large request. Also, I must say, I think you owe him one. You know, like one, just uh, one favor, one favor. Yeah. And it's really for somebody else. You know, like, unselfish, if you will. Maybe give him some guidance. They got like a 14-year-old leading them. It's really awful. (laughs) I will see what I can do. We will, at the very least, look out for that group. 
and then he starts to go transparent and it's almost like he's being pulled from above himself as he stretches and just sort of disappears into the ceiling above you. When you look down at the melted altar, there's actually a pit underneath it and it seems to be full of gold. Like they've been putting their gold underneath the altar for a while. There's also a few various items. Murdoch, why don't you check it out over there? Uh, Giovanni, uh, you keep inquiring about whether or not uh, archaeology is lucrative. May I demonstrate one possible answer? (laughs) Giovanni walks over and he goes, Holy buckets! (laughs) He jumps in. (laughs) (laughs) It's great! Okay, okay, Uncle Scrooge. Get out of there before you steal any money. (laughs) He's spitting up coin out of his mouth. (laughs) Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is this cursed? Uh, well, (laughs) um... Maybe? Ah, ooh. Well, too late now, and he keeps swimming. Ow, there's a sword in here. Ow. Ow. <laughs> okay. All right, I guess I should probably stop this. Let's take a look. Okay. You collect 2,900 gold pieces, 90 platinum, 9 orange citrines, an orange stoneware jug, a black hematite iron ring with a heart-shaped red agate, a nasty-looking club with spikes pointing every which way from it, and a spear with a leaf-shaped head, and the shaft is textured with the carving of a vine wrapping down its length. As Giovanni gets out swimming in the gold, he goes, Hey, uh, by the way, there's 2,900 gold and 90 platinum in there. And then some other random stuff. Hey, uh, Runa, uh, quick question. Um... How do we know that this is part of removing the curse? What if we did this and it didn't really do anything? Excellent question. Uh, I mean, this was clearly the altar. Uh, yeah, right? But, well, maybe we just smashed the, the thing on the way out. Oh, all right. Just be, cool. Just, just, be co- just to be on the safe side. Oh, there was kind of a fun club in there. Let me grab that club and I'll just start smashing stuff. That sounds fun. Oh, I, I, I guess that's a way. All right. He grabs a club and starts smashing things. Now that you say that, uh, Giovanni, I, I just, I feel a little less cat-like. Like, just, I feel more focused. I feel more just me. Back at the Halfling Village, a celestial image appears in front of the group of Otho and all of his kin. Its bloody head drips. <laughs> As it smiles its visage at the kids and says, All will be well, younglings. Holy moly, that was the scariest and greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. Druck, what do you think? No? Okay. All right. Hey, Runa, Runa. Hey, do you see Druck? He's not moving. His face is in shock. He's scared. He's not moving at all. <laughs> Did he get turned this on? Oh, no, that's Gorgons. Oh, yeah. Not yeah, Gorgons. Yeah. Hey, that was fun. You know what else is fun? 
liking and subscribing. Yeah, and writing reviews, that can be really fun. Like, if you really want to help people out and make them feel good, you write a little review saying how much you love us and stuff like that. Something really catchy, like... Ooh, turn it into a poem or a song. Yeah, or maybe a nice little haiku, even. Yeah, haiku. I love haikus. Karate's my favorite. Um, no. <laughs> no, it is. It is. I suppose we better go rally these 60 kids that are running off in all the different directions. <laughs> ah, there's one. <laughs> well, I mean, he's our guardian angel now. Oh, yeah, that's what the angel's for, right? Help, an angel's attacking me! <laughs> no, no, he's helping you. He's helping you. Help, an angel's helping me! Oh, no. <laughs>